You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Check one, two, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Your home for <laughs> one hell of a podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, first off, I want to say I really appreciate all of the people who reach out to me on Instagram and through Facebook and emails to ask me questions or to get advice or to just reach out and say thank you man I really appreciate that and I do my best uh, not so much on Facebook because I'm hardly ever on Facebook but I try my hardest to respond to each uh, comment or uh, question that I get and uh, I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to not only listen to the Nine Finger Chronicles but to reach out to me and if I haven't gotten back to you man reach out again I, I'm, I'm trying my hardest over here so uh, what do we got today we got a guy his name is Jerry Rude he's been on the podcast before uh, he's good shit man uh, we have a really good conversation today about a new property that he scouted and a big dog shows up but then the big dog disappears and he doesn't know what happens. And uh, uh, here is the story. This is the story. And the cool thing about this p- particular property is it is, it's like an island. Uh, and not not in the sense of land and water, but in the se- sense of agriculture and city. And so what we have here is we have this 100 acres that is surrounded by housing developments on all sides. And so this story that you're going to hear today of this giant buck hanging out in this little island of agriculture is pretty sweet, man. And uh, if you live in a big city or the suburb of of a big city, I'm sure there's places like this around uh, where you live. And uh, it just so happens that in this story, the buck is a 185-inch absolute giant. And so that's what we talk about today. We talk about how he got access on the farm. We talk about uh, what he did as far as a scouting mission is concerned, his trail camera deployment, what happened when he, you know, he ended up getting or getting uh, pictures of the buck, all that stuff. So, uh, uh, and the outcome is weird. The end of the story is just plain weird. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, today, this, this particular podcast 
is brought to you by the Woodman's Pal. Go to woodmanspal.com. This machete, this habitat tool has been around since 1941 and it's made in America. And when you hold it in your hands, you can just feel the quality in it the durability in it without even using it but when you do start to go use it it's pretty sweet man it's sharp it's durable you can beat the shit out of it it's something that i'm gonna i have the guy sent me two one here's in my office the other one's in my truck and uh it's one of those tools that i'm just gonna carry with me wherever i go in case i need to clear some branches some shooting lanes in case i need to uh, hack a trail or clear out some grass and vines uh, to hang a oh uh, a trail camera i can definitely see this 100 made in america uh, go check it out at woodmanspal.com next on the list is huntworth and if you haven't listened to the latest episode of the hunting gear podcast you need to go do so because in that uh, podcast i talk with uh, one of the marketing guys for huntworth and he talks about how this company has uh, throughout the years gone through a rebirth how it used to be just a glove company that they made gloves and then they started introducing you know hunting apparel or hunting gear uh like you know hunting clothing and then they came out with i think they have three maybe three of their own camouflages that they've created and so the cool thing about huntworth and this is what someone else said not me uh, they they've they did a comparison they they ran uh, Huntworth against some of the top tier, I guess you would call it elite hunting clothing brands in the industry. And they said it's about 80% of the quality of some of the elite brands, but only half the price. And so if that says anything right there for the people who are more, it's more of a budget friendly, but you're getting the most, you're getting a ton out of what you're spending. And it's something that's going to last you a while. I am excited to get my order in here, uh, here pretty soon and, and start messing around with it. Start researching on what layers I want to take out west with me or what layers I want to uh, have in the tree stand with me in the, in the cold November wet mornings. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just go to huntworthgear.com and read up on all of the uh, uh, functionality and some of the guess the, the patented features that are only in their clothing so it's pretty sweet uh huntworthgear.com and that's the commercials for today huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day huge shout out to jerry huge shout out to all of the partners and please go to itunes leave a, a five-star review that helps me out uh, hit me up if you have any questions concerns or just want to bitch about your wife uh please go and uh uh Hit me up on Instagram, and that, that's going to do it for the intro. Let's get into today's episode. Three, two, one. All right. On the podcast with me, man, it's been several years since uh, you were on the first time, I believe, Mr. Jerry Rude. Jerry, what's up, dude? Not too much, Dan. Just uh, another day of working and life and kids and getting ready for hunting season yeah around, so. yeah okay so i have to share this quick story or this qu quick review that i or uh, okay. dm i got online how many first off how many kids you got we have six kids six god dang 
<laughs> and I thought yeah, my life I thought my life sucked. <laughs> it's all good. You did inspire me though to go get a vasectomy. So oh. we are at six and stopping there. So. That's good enough, right? That's good enough. Well absolutely congratulations on six kids and congratulations on your vasectomy, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. How how did how did your vasectomy go? Was it smooth? Yeah, I mean it was pretty um it was pretty chill. Like yeah. it was the actual procedure is I don't know twenty minutes or something. I don't yeah. know. It didn't really take long. Yeah. So um yeah, it was all good. Good. Congratulations, congratulations yeah. dude. I'm happy for Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um so I got this and the reason I brought that up is because I got a, a direct message or a DM from a guy. <laughs> and he goes here was his message to me. Dan and I actually, I just, I just posted it on Instagram, Dan, uh, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but Dan, uh, I've been married for three years and I only are, uh, I've been married for three years and I don't have any kids. My wife thinks that I hunt too much. I only hunt about 10 days a year. And I just, I, I just started laughing oh, no. because I'm like, dude, if you if you're if you only hunt ten days in an entire year, and I don't know if that's just whitetail, or if that's whitetail and turkey, and maybe some fishing trips or whatever the case may be, I don't even right. know where this guy's from. But uh, if if you don't have any kids and your wife is already <laughs> on you about, he goes any advice, and I said uh, probably divorce might be the best option. <laughs> That's rough. Oh, dude. Dude. I hunt more than 10 days a year. Yeah, I do too. I do too. (laughs) I'm lucky because I actually have an excuse of why Mm -hmm. I can hunt more than 10 days a year. But most guys probably don't. What do you think, on average, would you guess, the average hunter, let's just even break it down to bow hunter because you're a bow hunter. Yeah. How many days in an entire archery season, do you think the average guy hunts? Well, I'm also only going to uh, confine it down to Ohio since that's mm. what I'm really familiar with in their archery season. Uh, if I take a guess, I would probably say one, two. Honestly, I I wouldn't think 10 is too far off. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I think a lot of people in Ohio, they kind of get out there like first weekend out of tradition. Mm-hmm. And then it's hot, like you're sweating in the tree stand. So then they wait until late October, early November. Then they might like take their vacation or whatnot. Um, and then gun season's right around the corner. So they're just kind of like, ah, if I don't go on with my bow, then gun season's around the corner. And then once gun season passes, it's just cold. And so they don't go out and archery hunt anymore. So I, you know, I would say like probably two weeks on average. There's probably a lot of guys that hunt 30, 40 days and a lot of guys that hunt five yeah you know but yeah so i would say that if i if we just boiled it down to bow hunters i bet bow hunters spend more time on average in the woods than let's say a a gun hunter and a couple reasons archery archery seasons are a little bit longer but i would assume that if you're a, a a you know guy who uses a compound bow you you put more time and energy into dialing that thing in and thus caring like just being into it more 
than a guy who just mm-hmm. pulls a gun out of a case and, and then goes and hunts right. for a couple weekends. So I don't know. Yeah. Probably probably plus minus 10 would be a good answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So let's see here. Um, remind me, what do you do for a living? So I work, um, I support like public infrastructure. Um, and what I mean by that is the company I currently work for, they're an engineering firm. Okay. And they build pretty much all of the um, electrical infrastructure from power generation to transmission to the substations and then the substations themselves. So they don't do like the power poles around your house. They do like from the substation to power generation, all of that in between. Um, and they do it all for like Texas, um, Iowa, like Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, like pretty much the central. Well, I call it the central United States. Mm-hmm. Some people call it out West, um, you know, but uh, they build all of that. And so I help support those projects. I'm not an engineer. I'm more like the project management side. Gotcha. So, yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Interesting, man. So mm-hmm. were, was your company impacted? Was it this last winter or the winter before when Texas had all that snow and ice and it caused those major power outages? Uh, so actually I just started working for them in November. Oh, okay. Um, previous Previous to them, I did effectively the same thing, but for d- the Department of Transportations for different states. So I worked with a lot of state DOTs in, in um, the eastern United States, like Virginia, Tennessee, uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, like all of those. So um, I was doing the same thing, just kind of a little bit of a sector switch, moving over to gotcha. power instead of, yeah. Let me ask you a question about your previous job then, because number one, uh, I don't know if anybody, if you saw this post, I was in my town, it's a golf cart community. So there's golf carts all over the street, you know, in the streets. And so mm-hmm. I'm turning into our street and this young girl in a car it has her, she's looking at her phone and yeah. she, she pulls up looking at her phone and she takes off before she even brought her head up to look at like i'm not joking right a, a train could have been coming down the street <laughs> and she would have been smoked yeah. by it if i didn't start yelling yeah and so uh, we got i'm not i'm not joking maybe four to six inches we, uh, we would have been hit no, and so did you do you have any information about the number of accidents or traffic violations that are caused by <laughs> people on their phones um, I, I don't have that type of information when I was in school, uh, cause I had to go to school for my job kind of, I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunately, yeah. but yeah. I did a study on uh, roundabouts and everyone in the world hates me when I say this, but like roundabouts are wildly more safe than intersections, yep. uh, but, but no one knows how to navigate them. So, mm-hmm. um, I can say that when it comes to like intersections and that kind of stuff, roundabouts basically take fatal crashes down to you know almost zero someone has to be going through it at like 60 miles an hour you know for something yeah. like that to happen because it takes away all of the uh adjacent like t-bone impacts pretty yeah. much you know so yeah yeah well that's good to know you know i yeah. i always <laughs> find myself you know i thought in roundabouts it was kind of you know it's more flow than it is stop and go mm-hmm. but there's right. sometimes when you you have to stop and then the people just keep coming. They're not like, they're not letting the, letting the flow go. And so yeah. then I, I, you know, under my breath, I curse them. And, <laughs> <laughs> so. right. All right. So you sent me an email or uh, I think it was an email or a DM on Instagram yeah, yeah. about mm-hmm. this 
buck that you were chasing in 2022 Mm -hmm. and there's a story behind it and so why don't you kind of set the stage for us and this this was the 2022 season bow season in ohio correct yeah okay so set the stage for us a little bit about about this story and why you think it's going to be a good one okay yeah so well to begin um, it's kind of kind of like a part two like you said i was on a previous podcast of yours and uh you know i discussed a buck that i had some uh, well property that i had some struggles with and then i ended up having some success on it um and then that property uh i guess take another step back real quick both of these properties that i'm talking about are inside the city limits so the first property of the one from the last podcast um the landowner you know reached out to me and told me that unfortunately the city was taking it by eminent domain now since and so i thought i was losing it yeah and during this time of this story uh it was you know they're coming to take it you're gonna have to get your stuff blah 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 well since then He's been fighting them legally and they're planting crops and he's like, go out there. So mm-hmm. I actually have permission back at that property. So I'm awesome. super excited about that. But this one, so like I said, he told me that the city was taking it. And so um, this property, I kind of always had my eye on it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so it kind of leads off where that last one ended. I had I had shot that buck. Uh, I was losing permission and I needed somewhere else to hunt. This place is like maybe five, 10 minutes from my house and it's inside the city limits. And, um, as a, you know, as I said, I have six kids. And so finding places that are close to hunt, you know, like my wife doesn't care if I hunt, she knows that it's like my year round thing. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything else, yep. uh, but being 10 minutes away from the house is a lot easier than 45 minutes away from the house. Right. Right. Uh, so, um, and fill me in, uh, fill us in a little bit. This was, this is a, a property that. Is kind of smashed in between an industri- Is this an industrial park and uh, and like a housing development? That was the first. The first one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was the first. And so, describe this property for us. Yeah, certainly. So, um, this property, if if you're driving down the road out of town, you know, so um, for this one in particular, you'd be heading uh, east. Yep. So you're heading east out of town, and on both sides, there's just like standard two-story house, you know, quarter-acre lawns, like nothing big, eighth-acre lawns um, on both sides of you. And the the right side has a little bit more space between the properties, but the left side or the north side is like, you know, you can almost touch both houses if you stand between them okay. next to each other. Yeah. And so as you head out of town, uh, you're just driving through that, and then immediately, like out of nowhere, there's just woods to your left. And that's these woods. So. Okay. You have housing on both sides. The housing on the south side or to your right is the same. Um, the, the housing to your left just stops and there's woods. And so the whole property is like maybe 100 acres, oh, you know, nice. right there somewhere. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, but it's like three long rectangles mm-hmm. and the road runs along the short side. Yeah. So you have this long, um, I would say probably like 50-ish acre rectangle that just goes straight back. And then you have... 40 acres of like ag and then you have like about five ish acres of another very thin rectangle that just kind of shoots back um there's like some thick stuff in there there's an old dilapidated farmhouse that kind of stuff so then once you pass that part of the property or once you pass the property um on your right side again it continues those same houses on your left side or to the north 
Uh, there's one more housing development, uh, and it's a relatively large housing development, and that's kind of important uh, because it like segregates this section of woods and property and everything. Yeah. And and so and then once you get past that on both sides of you, it kind of opens up into what you would think of like traditional countryside. You mm -hmm. hit the city limits. Um, there's ag on both sides. There's sporadic houses with, you know, three, four, five, ten 10 acres, that kind of stuff. So. Okay. So it sounds to me like this piece of property is in a way an island of habitat surrounded by yeah. uh, on the far side. So the road runs on the short side on one side. Mm -hmm clear on the other short side is that another housing development or is that another road that same housing development that you um hit when you pass it yep. kind of goes up and wraps up and okay it. so it's truly an yeah. island then yeah okay yeah. and so uh roughly how many deer is this holding uh i would say there was a good like six or seven does and there was one, two, it was like four bucks, six or seven. Okay. Dollars. All right. Yeah. And so that's, that's a decent amount. That seems like a, a, a good carrying capacity for what you've described there. Uh, yeah. Are you the only hunter on this property? I'm not the only one that has permission, but, uh, but there was like no, well, I can't say there was no signs of any other hunters out there, but there was effectively no signs of any other hunters. There was like one stand one old ladder stand that was overgrown. Mm -hmm. And then there was another set that was hung. And I did end up running into uh, one of the two people that does have permission. Um, but he was out there just kind of scouting because this was before season when I ran into him. He was out there just kind of scouting. Mm -hmm. And um, he saddle hunts. And this is this spot is like about an hour away from his house. Mm -hmm. So it's not a primary spot for him. Right. The second person that has permission um, he told me this guy that I ran into, he told me that that guy like never comes out there, like yeah. never, ever, ever comes out there. And yeah. so I'll kind of get into it. But when I went into the property for the first time, like I saw that old stand, but other than that, you know, I've been at properties where like you walk across uh, scent bottles and oh, yeah. buckets and that kind of stuff. And there was none of that, like none whatsoever. That's good. And so, yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, so as you, which is crazy because for some reason there's a disconnect. Like I can go out into my, out in the country and here in mm -hmm. Iowa and people for the most part know to stay off property. That's not theirs or that they don't have yeah. permission. It does it happen. Yes, it does happen. But for some reason there's a disconnect in the suburb type areas where people just think that they can go wherever they want to go. <laughs> Right. If they're especially if their backyard is like, I don't know, a, a wooded area or, a, you know, an ag field. And I know some guys who uh, specifically the guy that I'm th thinking of now, he mm -hmm. hunts in the suburbs of Kansas City. And yeah. he's like, dude, I have people just walking their dogs through my property almost on a daily basis. And. There's gigantic signs that say no trespassing yeah. there. And they're just like, well, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, um, how many years have you been hunting this piece? This will be my second because last year was my first. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and, okay. So last year was the, uh, first year. Mm -hmm. What did you find out about this property through 
over the past year scouting it, hunting it? Yeah, so, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really hunt it too much, and yeah. that kind of, you know, it's going to kind of go come along with the story, but, um, you know, just to kind of touch on what you were talking about, there there is definitely evidence of people back there. Okay. So it's not like there aren't people trespassing. Uh, there's just not other people hunting, I guess. Gotcha. Um, or yeah. they're or they're trespassing and hunting and taking all their, you know, stuff out with them. But normally what I found is when people are trespassing and hunting and they're using um, other methods like attractants or whatever, if they're already trespassing, they don't care and they just right. leave that stuff out there. Right. But, um, so, uh, well, I guess what I found out about the property itself is just that, uh, you know, overall, like it just was, it was just a big surprise to me, you know, um, to talk about the layout of the property and how it was like an island, like you said, you know, I didn't really have much excitement when I got permission. I was excited that I got to go into a new property and do all of that kind of stuff, yeah. scout and cameras, all that. But I was like, my, my concern was that it was almost so much of an island and they're likely was people trespassing i didn't you know have that verified yet but there was likely people trespassing that just live in the area that they probably push the deer out and it's harder for the deer to get back in than it is for them to push the deer out mm -hmm. so the deer probably get pushed out and then they rarely come back mm -hmm. you know um was kind of my my thought process looking at this before i got in there so so when before you even said that i thought the opposite I thought okay. that they I I was under I would be under the assumption that if it's truly an island, there's no place for them to go, and they feel more comfortable. They feel comfortable getting bumped and maybe just taking a big loop and sticking in that property somewhere, or not leaving it, as opposed to getting pushed into these neighborhoods and then hiding in somebody's back, trying to find a place to hide in somebody's yeah. backyard. Well, I got chased down by a dog in there once. Oh, and nice. so, um, nice. and so my thought was like, if a dog, if a person spooks a deer, they probably just run off with it. But if a dog chases a deer, like dogs don't stop normally, right. you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Animals don't know boundaries. So, um, yeah. all right. So any trail camera picks or any, uh, trail cameras, uh, deployment within that property? Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess real quick, we can just kind of get into start getting into the story because yeah. the trail cameras are an important part of it, I would say. So, like I said, I got permission, and this was this must so sorry I'm doing timeline real quick. August twenty one July. This was no, this was like July of um, twenty. No, June June of twenty summer of twenty two. Summer of twenty two. Okay. Yeah, summer of twenty two. Um, I have notes right here and I'm trying to, I, I'm just trying to be consistent, but I know it's summer of 2022 Okay. and I got permission and like, I, I'm getting onto this property for the first time and just kind of made, uh, like I said, it's like three long rectangles. So, uh, I started just with the largest piece and I'm walking down the edge of the woods mm -hmm. where the ag and the woods are. And I get about halfway down. There's like a pretty heavy trail just going straight into the side of the woods. And I was like, okay, like verified deer most likely you know yeah. uh so i walk in the woods and i'm starting to see what i want to see like just tracks droppings all that kind of normal stuff that verifies there are deer on the property and so i'm like you know starting to feel pretty confident about it 
my buddy and I had been talking about it. I have one like really good hunting friend and we talk probably three, four times a week, if not every day. And 99% of that conversation is about deer. So like he was always telling me like, get in there. Like you're going to, it's going to surprise you. And I'm just like, well, dude, I don't know. But so I get in there and I'm starting to build some confidence in the spot. And like I said, I'm seeing uh, less hunting pressure than I kind of expected because the property owner did tell me two people were out there, but I'm not seeing that evidence. Yep. And I'm kind of like working my way through the property and it's, it's in the city, but like one of my first kind of goals was to try and find the most, I guess, secluded place or, you know, if people are going to trespass through, they're going to like cut a corner or they might go 15, 20 yards into the woods or something like that. So I'm just like, there's almost guaranteed trespassers on the property, but where are like they, where are they not going to be, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I was just kind of trying to find that place. Yep. And so I'm, I work my way North up to like the farthest point away from the road. And I kind of get up in the corner. So it'd be the Northwest corner of the ag, uh, but I'm in the woods still, but I'm around that corner, that area. And running along the north side of the ag field is about a 20-yard thick area of what I would just call, like, perfect thermal bedding. Mm -hmm. It's it's tree clusters that um, they're, like, they're not saplings. The canopy of the trees in the little clusters are about four to six feet off the ground. So they're young trees, you yeah. know. Uh, but in between and all the gaps in between all these trees is just like weeds, you know, just waste tall weeds. So mm -hmm. it's like what I would consider like almost perfect, like thermal bedding, at least in the wintertime. Um, and so I had seen that on, you know, Google earth and all that. And so I definitely was working my way up that way. Uh, I was getting up into that. And so you have like this main body of mature woods. You have this thermal style bedding up on the North side of the property. You have an ag field. And then kind of coming up along the side of the woods where it goes into the thermal bedding, there's what I guess would you'd call like um, uh, like a middle-aged section of the woods. Mm -hmm. So all the trees are between the size of, I would say, they're all bigger than like a golf ball, but the biggest ones might be like the size of a golf, uh, softball, mm -hmm. you know. All of them are about that size. Mm -hmm. And you can just walk through there because the canopy is tall enough and thick enough that no sunlight can get to the bottom. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm like standing in all of this, just kind of shocked because I'm like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it, it's almost like someone came in here and did this by hand. Like how, just like it, how it looks like someone out. was managing the property almost. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, like, standing there looking around. And I'm like, you know, maybe this place is going to be more than I ever thought it was. And while I'm standing there, like, looking around, I'm completely overlooking. So this area that I just described with all of these trees with the higher canopy, it's just completely covered in, in rubs. Completely. Okay. And I'm overlooking every bit of that. I'm just, like, staring, like, oh, you know, this is awesome. I can't believe it. And then finally, like, I see one. I was like, oh, that's uh, that's a rub. But it was historical because this yeah. is the middle of summer. Yeah. They're from last year. And so, I like, I see one, and then I see another, and then I see another. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is money. Like, we're in it now. Mm -hmm. I know there's bucks at least, probably. Yeah. I haven't seen any, but there's historical signs. So that's I hung a trail camera in there. 
And then I moved a little bit farther uh, into the main body of the woods and hung a second trail camera in there, probably like 25 yards away. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely paths kind of cutting through all of these, um, all these like little sections and pieces where they all kind of came together and mixed. And, you know, so I hung my cameras up in there. And, uh, you know, from that, I just, I was like, well, I guess it's time to get out. And so I just backed out from there, just didn't really know. I cable locked them on because who knows yep and and backed out you know so the so you saw some some sign you saw some great habitat i mean there's ag mm -hmm. there what was this yeah. uh, was last year a corn or a bean year last year was beans uh but the farmer the property owner has had problems with people driving through ag and so he uh, requests that you don't hunt until the until it's cut okay so fair enough which it yeah absolutely fair i'm not gonna argue with them i just wish i knew like when they're gonna cut it so i could go out there like that day but yeah. obviously so if you yeah. park can you can you still go out and hunt if you park on the road um he doesn't want any hunting i can go out there i can sit in my stand uh ultimately what it stems from is someone shot a deer while the ag was standing the deer ran into the ag and then they just drove their car through all of it to get the deer what a bunch of dumbasses right <laughs> like are you kidding me who does that right all right right so it's fine like it is what it is um i'm not gonna obviously argue with the property owner or the farmer it's just i'm sure you i'm sure you know too it's like how many times has i don't know how many times i've either not got permission or told like you can only do this because of stories like that well oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah oh, yeah like so all right um was the trail camera a cell cam or was it a just a traditional trail camera uh just traditional i don't have any cell cams yep so. all right so you get a little inspired by what you found mm -hmm. out at this property um it's always cool to go there because I'll tell you this on the new farm that I had that I have access to when I went out and scouted it for the first time, I, I bumped some does, but mm -hmm. I didn't see any bucks and I didn't see like any sign. I didn't see any old sign. I didn't see okay. now. I didn't go in deep to the property uh, because it was ju late July or August when I got it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to let it sit. Yeah. I'll work my way into the property throughout the season, you know, when it's time to hunt. But I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't excited until I started to get, you know, I put a cell cam over a mineral station and then that's when I started getting excited. Uh, how long yeah. did you let that trail camera sit before you went and checked it for the first time? I let it sit about a month, which helps me with my timeline. Cause I went and picked it up and um, went and rechecked them in August, like right in the, okay second week of august right in there somewhere so. okay and you stayed out of that property until the next time you went and checked it yep okay cool um it, in that time frame in that month mm -hmm. did you do any other research about that property or did you drive around the neighborhoods looking for any other clues or anything like that not well not really. Okay. Um, and I say that because like I had done a, a good amount of e-scouting and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always looking just kind of generally looking for alternative ways to get into properties, that kind of stuff, uh, you know. And so I I did 
I do know some people that like live in that development and I'd kind of talk to them like, Hey, you know, I, if I can get into this property, can I use, can I park at your house and that kind of stuff. And so, like I said, um, I, I did some, I guess, very loose preliminary planning just mm-hmm. to make sure that I had options available, Gotcha. but I wasn't like super psyched about the property yet. Like I just, yeah. I was like, I know there's deer, you know, I know I have a place to hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to go hang cameras. I get to do all this stuff. So like, I'm happy about it, yep. uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't like diving hard into it really um, yeah. at this point in time. Gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm. So with that said, then, um, mm-hmm. You go and you go and check your cameras for the first time. What do they tell you? Yeah, so I use a few different uh, brands of trail cameras on this property in particular. I was using Exodus, and you know they have the little LED screens yep. on them. Yep. Yeah, and so I go to the first camera in the area with all the rubs, mm-hmm. and you know there's um there's some does running by, and there's a few small bucks, like nothing that uh Get you hard. like nothing yeah yeah like that, that i'm necessarily looking for in the right. age range or the 30 or the yep. size yep. you know um but you know definitely some potential there I, they were probably the biggest one was probably like like literally 115 inches or something you know like probably not outside the ears uh, but like i said potential um eight like an eight point but mm-hmm. like 115 inch, you know um and so I'm like, all right, cool, like deer, you know, does, whatever, awesome. So then I go to the second uh, camera, and I always flip through, like, the last um, – it's, like, 100 pictures, but it's actually 30 because uh, I set my cameras up to just take three pictures every time. Yep. So I flip, like, the last 30 pictures. It does a few things. Like, one, I know – how long my camera was working so mm-hmm. there have been times when i flipped through and it's like the last picture was two and a half weeks ago right. and so i'm like well why is it not working um right. and then it kind of you know get a little excited if i see deer and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and so i start flipping through this one and all of a sudden it's just like antler like the the screen you know they're tiny they're like yep. an inch and a half or something and i just see antler and i'm like when I say antler, I don't mean like one. I mean there's so much on the tiny little screen. I can't. You, you think it's it almost two deer or something like that on it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like this. I was like this is not. I was like no, that's not. It's an angle. It's something. Yeah. This isn't real life. And so like I'm flipping back and forth through this, and he did like a full photo shoot. I mean just head up, head down, turn to left, turn to right, turned around like a full photo shoot in front of this camera and i was like this is not real life um and so i immediately i get my phone out and i take a picture of the tiny screen and send it to that same friend i was talking about earlier yeah and um you know he just texts me back like what is that and i was like i don't know i'm trying to find out i don't know like i can't count because it's so pixelated you right. know there's too much antler for the pixels on the little screen and so i legitimately just switch the cards get it all set back up and i run back to my car <laughs> i'm in these knee-high rubber boots jeans it's august and i'm running back to my car get my car like take off back home and um you know i'm getting home and this actually kind of reminds me of another story real quick and i just think you might you'll find it funny 
I had a, a scenario somewhat like this, like the excitement, mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't with any any trail cameras like this. The very first trail camera I ever got, it was it took like the thirty five millimeter yep, film. film. Yep. <laughs> and I got permission at this spot my relatives owned, but they had like never been out there. And so when I got out there, like the people living next door were treating it like their own and so my relatives like got in a big argument with them and they ultimately got them to take all their stuff. Like they had tree stands up and four wheeler trails and they got them to. So like, this was the first place I ever had permission, my very first trail camera. And you know, it was, uh, it was like 45 minutes away through all this. I hang the trail camera with the film and I leave it out there for like three weeks. I go back and every picture is, has been hit. And so I'm like stoked. I have, like the level of excitement of this deer on this one is the same as that one. Yep. Made me think of it. Yep. And I take off to Walgreens. Like they develop it. I'm standing there waiting. I didn't leave Walgreens. They hand me the envelope. I open it up. The farmer had cut his hay like two days after I hung the camera. So I had like 35 pictures of a tractor. <laughs> just back and forth back and forth and i always i would always get doubles right so <laughs> oh, on the yeah. film you know you get it developed and then i'd go back to my car and basically just tap my foot for an hour and yeah. then you know i i actually knew the guy who worked uh, i went to school with his daughter so he was the manager mm -hmm. there and so he, okay. he's like no dan they're not ready yet you know so <laughs> you know yeah. they'll be ready in just a little bit and i'm like okay right. okay okay and uh, it's there's nothing better than opening up, and you're just like, oh yeah, here we go, <laughs> leaf, 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 <laughs> grass, leaf, squirrel, leaf, right. bird, you know, and like, ah! <laughs> oh, right, exactly, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Oh yeah, so sometimes yeah. that excitement is just comes a little bit too early. Um, right. Okay, but, but so you're you're hauling ass back to your truck, I'm you're hauling, hauling ass, ass home, and I'm I'm assuming. Yep. It's because you got to get that SD card in the computer. Absolutely. Yeah. I bust open the door. A little Hi, bit honey. Bit, bye. Bust open the door. <laughs> My wife is like, what are you doing? I said, give me like one minute. I'll show you. Yeah. So like I get everything hooked up and I'm like, we're like pounding through my keyboard and I find the picture and I show her. I'm like, look. And she has, she has looked at more deer in her lifetime than, than she probably ever planned to, than she ever wanted to. Like she, is happy for me that I deer hunt. I'll put it that way. Um, but she knows just from the number of deer that I've made her look at that mm -hmm. this one's significant. Like right. even she knows. And she's like, Hold, you know, she's like, holy crap. Like, that's awesome. Well, you know, I'm excited for you. That all, you know, all that. But so then I start sending these pictures off to my buddy and, uh, you know, I start counting. Like I said, he did the whole photo shoot for me and um, it was like 15 point. So, he was like a, I'm getting all lost in the, uh, so <laughs> the he, excitement. Long story short, he's a big deer, right? Yeah, like, big deer. And you big saw deer. him like, like, you were just kind of in shock about Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like staring at this deer. Like yeah. there is not a way in, no, like this just doesn't happen. Like I'm thinking this looks like something and I'm not trying to like blow this deer up i am not trying to legitimately um you've seen seek one i'm assuming on yep youtube yep. those guys like how they hunt urban deer and all that and i was like this legitimately like looks like something that you would see like on their youtube channel like yep. this deer was wild 
this buck like yeah. just absolutely wild i'm completely taken back i can't even like i can't even think of anything to say or like tell my buddy other than to just keep sending them the same pictures like over and over again like this is real life yep. like this is real life this deer is alive in those woods right now okay and it is a month and a half until season right so it's august 12th it's 2022 i'm look i'm looking at this one of the pictures and yeah. he is a mainframe 10 with yeah. 10 with the left side as a split brow both g3s <laughs> are split correct yeah all mm-hmm. right and any other crazy characteristics um the the biggest one i would say is on his left side that left brow tine it's um it's almost like a blade yeah okay like oh both both yeah, brows are split both are split but the one on the left has like almost like a blade like it's huge it's yeah. real thin yep. but it's like just real tall and it literally looks like a knife blade you know uh, um and- his pedicles are just like i I can't get my fingers to touch when I wrap my fingers around his uh, pedal. I guess that kind of gives away like where we're going with this, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the uh, G, yeah. the G two is also split on the left side. Yeah. So it's just a monster. Mm-hmm. Like just he, a monster. He's, he's a stud straight up. Yeah. Let me pull that picture. Oh my God. Yeah. This picture I'm looking at of him kind of quartering towards. And mm-hmm. that's like, that's like arousal <laughs> type. Uh, type picture (laughs) so um okay so you're here you're looking through these pictures you're mind blown what what are you thinking about at this point well part of me is like damn it joey uh that's my friend yeah because he was the one telling me he's like dude i'm telling you get in here there's gonna be deer like so part of me is like man he was right but obviously i'm excited um and then it's just straight like game plan like every it's just every other property i permission on gone like every just everything just completely and at this moment also fun little fact um this is august september my wife is six and a half months pregnant so 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 (laughs) babies coming during the hunting season at some point. She she ended up being born on the twenty first of October. Come on, I think I think by now you'd know better. Six kids, you can plan it. Between all the rest of them are between January and May. This one, um, you know, yeah. it happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I got a September so, baby, so I got close. Okay, right. So, um, uh, okay. When I get a picture like this. No, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of taking a backward step on a side conversation you said about checking trail cameras mm-hmm. and your wife going, oh, wow, that's a big dog, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the same thing now my wife does, but she even takes it a step further. And there's bucks where I'll show her a picture and it will be kind of borderline or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe it. It's too big, or maybe it's uh, not big enough. Maybe it's right at that uh, four-year-old, you know, one, maybe one fifty, maybe one forty-five class. And she'll go, "Oh, you don't plan on shooting that this year, do you?" So like, I'm like, "Uh, you know, she's she's almost like yeah. a step above me now, right?" Which is kind of funny. So, um, okay, you're fired up. Mm-hmm. 
talk to us about the timeline now. What, what yeah. What's happening next? So like I said, I'm just like planning everything. I am, I am like going crazy. You asked me earlier if I was like looking at the houses around the, uh, around the property, like what I was doing, you know, regarding all of that. I'm literally now driving the roads that the adjacent properties, the adjacent houses are on. And I'm like looking in people's backyards, like, do they have outdoorsy stuff? Do they have canoes? Mm -hmm. Do they have archery targets? Do they have trails that go from their backyard into this woods? Like I'm looking up their names in the public records and looking them up on Facebook. Like I am <laughs> you go full creeper I'm, mode. <laughs> full 100%. Not even going to lie about it. Creeper mode. Like just trying to figure out everything I can about, you know, just the possibility to get on the steer. And obviously looking back on it, like, I don't want to say I was out of hand, but I, you know, I just, I was very excited about it and yeah. the deer lived to be that big. Yeah. So obviously he was smart, you know, and, and all of that, but um, yeah, I was just on fire, like yeah. trying to plan every step, try to plan, like I said, access and just what I'm going to do and how I'm going to get on this buck. And the year before I had just shot my uh, biggest buck to date, which is on your podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like, in the mid 140s uh and he was a mainframe 10 but his g2s on both sides were split he was almost perfectly symmetrical yeah so he's a real cool buck because um he was ultimately a 12 point um, but it was like the biggest buck to date and i had shot him in early october like it was like the sixth hunt and so you know i've really been i've really been trying to take my hunting to the next level over the past few years and so like looking at this buck i was like this is the next level like I, i'm gonna i can strategize this i can you know figure out what i'm gonna do to try and get in here and you know get an opportunity at this at this buck mm -hmm. and so just time is kind of going on and time's kind of going on and i'm i'm going back and forth my my biggest two options that i was going back and forth on came down to do i want to go in hang a set like two weeks, three weeks before season, just get in there and hang it like in the middle of the day and just leave it and hunt it opening day. Um, you know, or do I want to go in opening morning extra early and do like a hang and bang or bump and, you know, bump and whatever, yeah. you know, um, just one of those, just hang a set and hunt it that morning. And there's obviously advantages and disadvantages to both. And I just kind of kept going back and forth. Like, what do I want to do? How do I want to um, approach this? And I've never, I've only ever seen one deer like that big in my life. Um, but it was on a neighbor's property. So like I watched him walk across the neighbor's field mm -hmm. and that was kind of like, it was definitely awesome, but it was like, well, he's over there. So I don't, I can't yeah. strategize on him. You know, right. this one, you know, it, it's a whole different, and I know he's probably not going anywhere. Right. If he's that big in there right now, like he's probably not going anywhere. Um, and so, like I said, I'm just like, I'm just like strategizing, trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to do. Um, and so it's like rolling into September and just for like everyone's, if, if they're not aware in Ohio, archery season is the last weekend of September to the first weekend of February the okay. following year. Yep. So, so you, you it's gotta, a long one. Yeah. Now, quick mm -hmm. question. While you're creeping on these people, did you ever have the thought or knock on any doors around this, the, the backyards that surrounded this property as, hey, 
I have permission to hunt the property behind the house. Would you mind if I park in the street and walk through your yard to get to this this piece? Uh, that was part of what I was kind of trying to figure out um, if I wanted to do. Yeah. There was there was a few houses that I was kind of considering that. Um, as I kind of made my way around, you know, I was seeing I was seeing some trucks with like hunting stickers on them and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I at one point in time, I used to drive around with hunting stickers on my truck and now I don't have any. I'm like, no one no one needs to know. Like, no, yeah. like same here. Um, same here. But I, I didn't want to knock on someone's door and be like, hey, I have permission to be in these woods. And then because if I lived there and someone told me that, I'd be like, oh, this guy obviously lets people on his property. I'm going to figure out who owns it and I'm going to go talk to him, you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so I didn't want to I didn't want to, like, let people know that I was back there. really. So I thought about it. But um, also with the way the property was like I could walk through the middle of the ag field and then kind of cut in and almost do the same thing but from the other side of the woods because mm-hmm. the woods themselves aren't wildly wide i guess like they're i mean there's it's significant but it's not it's not like a hundred yards wide or anything so it doesn't really matter which side i come from mm-hmm. um unless it was like because he's bedded back there or something like that right you know? okay so. all right um how many more times did you check cameras before august 12th and then the start of the season so uh it was around that august time i checked cameras and then um i was going back and forth about like what i want to do and my wife gets to hear all about that as well as much as she Mm -hmm. may or may not want to she gets to hear all about that and so it was like two weeks before season was about to open so it's like mid-september and I'm just, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I don't know which direction I want to take this, blah, blah, blah. And I had to go somewhere. I think it was to the grocery store. Um, but I had to go somewhere down. So the road that I had to take is a crossroad of the road this property. And, you know, she she's like, well, why don't you just stop in there? Like, just stop in there. Switch your card out real quick. She's like, if you're in and out, it's not going to hurt anything. You'll get some new information and it'll help you make a decision on what you want to do. You know, and I was like. Okay, like you only yeah. got to tell me twice. Right, right. So I go do what I do. I and then on the way back, I go into this property, and I uh, stopped at the first one. Again, you know, pretty standard stuff: the bucks, uh, does, all that kind of stuff, kind of running around. I go to the second one, and I'm like flipping through, and there's nothing. Like mm-hmm. there's pictures of leaves and stuff, and I was yeah. like, well, okay, you know. So I keep going. I'm like looking for deer, and there's nothing. And then there's a coyote, and then another coyote. And then coyote. And there was like six coyotes. Oh, boy. And I was like, well, that's, I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And so, um, but my mindset was like, well, they probably chased something back there. Like they're probably, I, I kept going back to see if I could get a picture of whatever it was they were running to, but, um, and I didn't. And so I saw that and I was like, well, you know, this may actually end up being a good thing because if they chase something back here, cause they were headed the direction so the farther, farthest north, the most north spot, like, area of the property, I never scouted. Mm-hmm. I, I got to this one area where I hung the cameras and I backed out. And I was like, well, I, and I thought that that buck, based on the pictures I was getting, was up in that northern part, the most northern part of the property. And um, so I was like, well, if they ran back there, they probably just kind of bumped him. And he might be somewhere else right now. And mm-hmm. I can go back there and I can scout. Like, I can see if he has beds back there. I can see if he's certain rub, like, whatever. So... 
I was like bummed, but I was like, ah, maybe this one up like helping me out. Maybe um, it'll work for me. So I start working my way back, like up behind this, the camera. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe 20 yards up past it. And I'm kind of looking around and I'm not really seeing much. And then I like get a whiff of something. Oh, and I was boy. like, that smells like an animal. Yeah. I was like, that smells like a dead animal. And so the next place my mind goes to is, well, maybe they killed a deer. So I'm going to go, like, maybe those coyotes were chasing a deer. So I'm, like, looking around, and then I, like, look over, and there's, like, this honeysuckle, and there's this big tree, and I just see, like, ribs and a back leg, like, laying around this tree. And I was like, oh, they must have been eating that deer. Let me go see if it's one of these smaller bucks, because I'll keep the head just to have, because it'd be cool, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I walk around, and there he lays, dead. Damn, son. Yep. And any, you know, here, here's what I, I, I yep. look at when it comes to very, I think I talked to a wildlife biologist. And mm-hmm. coyotes, other than fawns, just, yeah. they don't go take down on, on a regular basis. They just don't take down mm-hmm. big bucks like that. Right. Right. That, right. So when you were expect inspecting the body, did you see anything that may have resulted in like a like a car accident hit where maybe he got hit by a car or he got caught in a fence and his leg was broken or injured or anything like that? Right. So, well, so what I did was I immediately started taking pictures mm-hmm. and because of some issues I'd had on some on that other property in the past with trespassers, I've developed... I don't, um, an acquaintance like with the game warden for the County Mm -hmm. to the point where like, I can just text him and like, we don't hang out, but I can text him and he'll respond. Yep. And so I, I shot him a text message. I was like, Hey, I just found this buck dead, like two weeks, you know, before season starts, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm in an urban area. And so he ended up calling me and we did, I guess you could call it like an over the phone investigation. Like he had me send him specific pictures of like the head the rack, the shoulder blades, um, the ribs as best as I could and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, he asked me questions about where it was and blah, blah, blah. Was he picked clean at this point? So they had ate him from what I'm imagining the back up because his shoulders, there was like bits in his, he basically looked like he had his cape. He had his cape and he had some skin on his like legs up to his shoulders, but his shoulder blades were like pretty well picked clean. Mm-hmm. He hadn't been there long, like he stunk, but he hadn't been there real long. Yeah. You okay. know? And so, um, and so, like I said, we did this like little over the phone investigation and he, he deemed it natural. So he was all caught up in like his antlers were all caught up in, what looked like some deadfall with like some vines all mixed in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't say anything about like, maybe he had got hit by a car and made his way back there. But we had just had a storm not too long ago, uh, like within the past week. And he imagined that um, it was possible. The picture that I sent you in the email was after I had like kind of cleared stuff out away from him. Yeah. Um, but he had imagined that what had happened is maybe he was bedded down for one reason or another in that spot, whether he was injured, sick, whatever. Uh, but, uh, and, and then with that storm that came through, maybe some deadfall fell on top of him 
and he got caught up in it because originally, like I said, I, I cleared some of that out with the picture I sent you of his deadhead. Yeah. When I originally walked up on him, I mean, he was just covered and tangled in vines and um, just like what looked like a piece of a, like a relatively large piece of a tree had fallen, like, and his head was all stuck up in that. And so. Huh. Yeah. That sucks, man. That, yeah. that, I mean, it's <laughs> so I guess the saving grace yeah. is you're the one who found it, right? Right. And, yeah. And you yeah. have the, the, the cool story that goes along with it. Um, man, why do you think why do you think this buck, this big gnarly buck lived there and and made it as far as he did? Because I would assume that in a pocket like that, not only is there that buck, but there's got to be a stair step of of maturity if no one else is hunting it, right? right. Especially if there's only you and, a, right. and possibly one other guy hunting it. Yeah. So I just think, like, honestly, I just think that no one's been back there. Like, the people that – I because I got some trespassers on camera – and, like, the people that I got trespassing was, like, people walking their dog and, like, this older lady walking back through there. And from driving by on the road, you might see the occasional doe in the field. But I've never once saw a buck from the road. Yeah. You know, and I drive past that place all the time. Yeah. All the time. You know, if, yeah. if there's an excuse to drive down that road because we're going somewhere – my wife's rolling her eyes in the passenger seat and I tell her we're going down, you know, we're driving past it. Yeah. Um, and so I've never once seen a buck from the road there. Uh, you know, I just think that, I think he was comfortable in there. He had everything he needed, water, food, shelter. Uh, and you know, so he hadn't, he had no reason, no real reason to, uh, to leave. Yeah. So, and just to kind of fast forward a little bit, uh, on, so like I said, our daughter was born on October 21st. My on October 19th, I can't, I swear, I'm not making this up. I have pictures <laughs> on October 19th. My wife said, why don't you go hunt one more time? We know she's coming. Like, why don't you go hunt one more time before our daughter comes? And I was like, well, you know, babe, I, um, I'll just stay in. I was like, you know, it, what's pick one day out of the year. Like, you can have anyone pick one day out of the year. And what's the chances they're going to be right uh, that a buck's going to be coming through any one particular spot, any one random day of the year. And they know nothing about hunting. Like yeah. what's the chances they're going to be right. You know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, nah, babe, it's fine. I was like, I'll stay in. You're, you're about to pop, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I go and check cameras. Like, I don't know, a month after she's born or something, I just go get them. Swear to you at like four 30, like 150 class, 150 inch class, like mainframe 10 walked right through where my stand was right through where this big buck, where I was getting pictures of this big buck. She had a little bit of that pregnancy <laughs> intuition or whatever like, that is. You have to be kidding. Me. So I showed her and obviously she's like, well, I told you, told you. I told you I told to told go. You. And I was like pounding my head in the desk at that point. That's crazy. <laughs> so the real question now is, did you pull a deer off of that property this year? No, no, no. I, I ultimately did not. Um, well, actually, what ended up happening this year uh, was I found just a spot to gun hunt because um, I was just with the newborn and stuff. I was like, well, let me just get a deer, get some meat in the freezer, whatever, um, you know, 
and and we'll continue on from there and i shot a buck with a gun it was the i had never shot a deer with a gun in my life yep i i bought a bow from a pawn shop when i was like 17 and went straight into archery hunting like i never shot yeah. and so i shot this buck uh, and i hunt with a my hunting rifle is a 450 bushmaster straight walled mm-hmm. cartridge because in ohio you have to use straight walled yep. so i shot him at like 160 yards and i just always had the assumption like me being naive completely naive about gun hunting i just had the assumption like if i hit a deer with this cartridge he's going to fall over and die like it's heavy it's yep. big it has great ballistics like he's going to just fall over and die Mm -hmm. and i rock this deer at like 160 yards with this gun he mule kicks runs falls over gets up runs out of the field into the woods and i never found him (sighs) i think what happened after talking to a bunch of people that gun hunt was the bullet did its job it went in expanded completely wrecked him but it never came out the other side because the shot was so far away and so all we got was like one blood trail the size of a 450 caliber bullet i understand so like yeah well that sucks uh, that sucks yeah all right back to this property Mm -hmm. you know that 150 class made its Mm -hmm. way through somehow on that property yeah um yep do what do you think in this this is going to look like this year i mean do you already have cameras out have you already checked cameras do you you have any intel from Mm -hmm. previous year of of the same or different deer that could mm-hmm. potentially match this guy. Yeah. So like this, that one fifty ish, um, I only got that one picture of them, mm-hmm. like going through that one day, but there's not really a lot of places where you can like, it's not like he was just walking through. It's not like this was a spot between right. two properties. So, uh, I don't have the trail cameras out there yet. I have trail cameras back at the other spot that, um, I hunted two years ago and then I have some trail cameras ready for this spot. I just haven't got out to put them out yet. Uh, I'm not, I'm excited to go put trail cameras out, but I'm not like worried about getting them out. Um, super early. Just, uh, I, I don't think it's, it's so small and all of the Intel I got from last year, I think is enough to where, um, I could probably hunt the property without trail cameras at all. I'm yeah. still going to go, hang trail cameras just out of curiosity um and then if i ultimately do see that buck i may go in there early october this year and and kind of see if i can get on them but um yeah like i'm looking forward to it they also logged the property over this last winter and so it opened up a lot of um it opened up a lot of like just wide kind of swaths through the woods and so last year like late late last season so we're talking like december january snow on cold um i ended up getting back out and doing some archery hunting and uh i got to you know see how these deer were taking these new logging paths and there were some there were some pretty uh um i guess typical or repeated um paths they were taking just a herd of does it was like six does um they just kept taking the same path like every day every day yeah. like taking the same path you know so um so yeah yeah well you have something to look forward to right i yeah. you know i 
on some of the properties that I've hunted in the past, it takes me a handful of years to really figure out every little terrain feature, um, how deer move through those terrain features, uh, the, the behavior when the does come into right. heat, how the like in your in your case here, the surrounding neighborhoods actually do affect deer movement. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'd be interested to see what comes out of the, the trail camera data, you know, this, this summer leading into this, you know, leading into this fall. So, um, yeah, dude, I think you got something good going. Yeah. Yeah. I will say too, like, it was interesting thinking back on like that deer and everything. It was interesting uh, because if I would have found, if I would have got pictures of a 140 class you know, kind of typical Ohio eight point. Yeah. And even if I'd have got pictures of them for a month and then found them dead, I'd been like, Oh, that sucks. Like yeah. I'd just been like, yeah, you know, that sucks. Yeah. If I would have found that same buck dead the first time I went out to the property, first time ever, if I'd have mm -hmm. found him dead, I'd have been like, Oh man, that sucks. Like this is an awesome buck. That sucks. Yep. But even though it was only for like a month, month and a half, like all of that excitement and oh, yeah the trail camera pictures and the planning and like all of it, you know, yeah, it sucks. He died, but it really, it, it's, it just like a good reminder of kind of like what it hunting isn't about like walking out in the woods and just right. killing a deer, you know, there's right. so much more. And so like, I'm very thankful and gracious that I got to still have all of those emotions and the excitement and yeah. the, all of that with that buck. Yeah. And the fact that I found him dead just makes it that much better. I still look at his head every time I walk in the garage and I'm just kind of like, uh, what if, but, but you know, um, it, it really, you know, like it, it really, it, it's not the end of the world. Like it, yeah. he very, it, there's a good potential that it is a once in a lifetime buck for me. You know, I don't know what is to come. I'm going to keep grinding and keep trying to find deer like him, but yeah. you know, I measured him out and, conservatively i i'm not a deer scorer you know i don't yep. but i i measured them out and i say conservatively uh because i don't want to go around tell everyone i have a 200 inch deer and then show them they're like dude that's not 200 inches but yep. uh so i measured them out to 185 mm -hmm. gross you know uh yeah gross. Yeah, gross and and like i said i would imagine that he's if someone that does it on a regular basis it would probably get he'd probably measure out larger than that okay uh, just because Fair I don't want to misconstrue. I'd rather misconstrue to the small side than the high side, you know? Yep, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, just an absolute. And the thing is, you saw the pictures. Mm -hmm. He didn't look that old. No, I, I would have like, put him at a four-year-old, you know, and it, right. it's always hard to tell in velvet because their right. coats are, I don't know, a little fluffier. They don't have, the, yeah. you know, they're, they're and so... I don't know. I, I, I would look at him and I would say maybe he's a uh, you know, four-year-old. Could, could be five. He's got some good sway in his back. He's got uh, yeah. a, pot, you know, a little bit of a pot belly. But did, mm -hmm. did you keep his teeth at all? Uh, the uh, I have the top jaw. Or okay. I have the, well, I have the head. I don't have the bottom jaw. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know you can age him or something uh, like that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Up to a certain level. So. Well, I tell you what, that's it. like you were just to elaborate on what you were saying. It's like I get so much enjoyment out of the just the anticipation, especially right. if, uh, you know, 
how many hours I spent, I, I'm sure you know about the uh, the story of shipwreck. Yeah. How much absolutely. enjoyment I got out of just daydreaming about shooting that buck, what access routes to take, uh, you know, where he was living, how he would come out, how the how the shot was going to go down, even to the point where it's like, oh, what's this deer going to look like on my wall? All that crazy right. stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, um, and so it's <laughs> it just goes. It's just another level of excitement and entertainment and enjoyment. Uh, past yeah. just shooting in a deer right absolutely so well hey cool story sucks it didn't turn out the way you wanted to <laughs> but the good news is you still have the property as of you know this this hunting season and yeah. uh man good luck this upcoming season and hopefully something fills that buck's place man yeah i'm, I'm really excited about it so i'll be i'll be getting out there and and looking to uh avenge myself i guess because i ultimately didn't get a deer last year so yeah and there you have it ladies and gentlemen another episode in the book hear this that's me tapping a dry erase marker on a summer shandy and so I am editing this at 7:34 in the evening on a Thursday and it's hot as balls in my apartment because I can't record and have the air conditioning on at the same time. It's too loud. So I have to jack the air conditioning up so it's cold. And then by the time it's over, this room loses loses air so fast. It takes me another hour to get it uh, back to a, a comfortable temperature. And so right now I'm dripping down the chest and i don't want that to be like a scary visual but i'm a i'm a sweater by nature so huge shout out to jerry huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen huge shout out to tethered wasp vortex hunt stand woodman's pal and huntworth please go out and support the companies that support this podcast and last but not least man it's getting to that time where if you believe in karma may i, I don't know if i do I don't, I, I, I don't know, but there's something about positive attitude. So send the positive vibes out, get the positive vibes back, and your life will just be better, man. So good vibes in, good vibes out, and we'll talk to you next time.